God works with people in many different ways and people from all over the world as he's growing his family, the church. Today, we're going to hear the story of Joshua. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name's Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today as we learn a little more about how God is working around the world. So, Joshua, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, So, I know a little bit about your story, but if you don't mind, share with everyone, how did you come to know Jesus? Okay. Um, I'm born into a Christian family, so my dad is a pastor, a Baptist pastor. So, from my mom's side, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and his uh, grandfather also, they're all in ministry. Um, They were helping missionaries uh, who come to India. So, I have this rich Christian background, and I have ample of opportunities to share gospel to my parents. Uh, From childhood, they've been sharing about uh, Jesus about the, all the stories and miracles and all about the Bible and also <clears throat> they are very concerned about salvation of the kids and um, they make sure I attend all the Christian camps um, and uh, VBS vacation Bible school and and if there is a famous preacher in the town they'll make make me go there and hear him so they did. Uh, they did all of that, and then they also used to pray every day for my salvation. But um, I didn't realize much, uh, and that is, uh, I just lived like a uh, like a nominal Christian. Um, but be to be a good obedient son, I used to hear all the stories of Jesus, and then uh, attend church. Since my dad is a pastor, I used to regularly attend church, attend all the retreats. Um, then when it comes to the decision time, the preacher asks, like, um, um, come forward if you have to give your life to Jesus, and then I'll postpone every year, saying, this year is not the right time, maybe next year. So I keep postponing. I don't know why I did that. Maybe because I'll think that, okay, I'm not ready yet or I still have time. So I just postponed. So I became uh, 17 years old. And then there is an incident that I need to tell you that really um, brought closer me to closer, brought closer to God. Um, at 17, um, my house has a big gate. And um I stepped out of my house, I opened the gate, I stepped out of my house and I see three people stabbing a person to death and I know that person. That person is a non-Christian and he's in. he lives in my neighborhood. I used to say hi, but I never um, had a deeper conversation. I used to say hi and bye and I saw him die in front of my eyes. So I went back home and... Um, and I cried for the. Uh, I cried uh, because I've seen the person die, and then he's a non-Christian. So I, I have been thinking, where will this person go after he died? He just died. I think he'll go to hell because he never accepted Jesus. He's still a non-Christian, living like a non-Christian. So, uh, and God spoke to me like, okay, you're worried about this non-Christian. 
who died um what about you um then um then i asked jesus forgiveness uh, and then i asked jesus to come into my heart and i trusted jesus uh, that's my salvation experience uh, well, yeah that's pretty powerful to see somebody die like that i mean that's a very strong wake up call to think life short i know you yeah. you were saying maybe next year maybe next year but that's one of the things that all of us have to understand is there there may be no next year we don't know and that's true for salvation so anyone that is not has not accepted Christ has not come to know him yet you know today is the day of salvation it's time but it's also true for those of us who we have accepted Christ and we think about serving and we think about growing you know i want to be becoming more like Christ i want to be his disciple and really follow him and accept his his plan for my wife, my life and be part of what he's doing in the world and i don't know you know how long i have to be part of of his work of reconciliation so i want to be actively involved today and i think that's part of what drives me i think i i don't know how much time i have and i want to be a useful servant a profitable servant while i'm here so i guess one of the questions i would have you had a powerful event and and story of how god you know brought you out your door at the right time to really cause you to confront your mortality and the fact that you don't know when you're going to see God you have to uh, accept him today how did God then work to bring either people or things into your life to help you to grow to be um a disciple a disciple maker someone who is involved in evangelism and outreach so the first thing i did is um i went and told my parents I just saw this murder and then you know and God spoke to me asking me what about your life and God was specially saying you know me you know all about me from childhood mm-hmm. but what are you doing with your life mm-hmm. so God is like kind of woke me up right um to a person who is delaying and postponing um that um I need to accept him so I shared this good news that Uh, sure they're really happy. <laughs> yeah, they're really happy because they've been praying a lot and um worrying about me uh, like every parents does, uh, every Christian parent does. So they're really happy and then and then um they sort of uh, encourage me to read the scripture more. Um I mean I used to read scripture before too, but now I need I I'm started uh, I begin to read uh, scriptures intentionally. and then uh, prayed a lot and my dad um um encouraged me uh, to be closer to church and work with him so i worked with my dad as a volunteer in the church um before i attended church now i worked with him um and my uncle and other people are also um there in ministry so i consider my f- my father and mother and uh, my family uncle and others too as mentors uh, so that kind of helped me to grow and then um, during that time um, i realized what will i do with my own life um i gave my life to jesus and then um, you know that i've seen murder so i have that sense of uh, sense that you 
we don't know when we're going to die that neighbor doesn't know even know how he's going to die when he's going to die right. same things might happen i don't know when i'm going to die so i've made a promise to god that okay the rest of the life that i have which i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm going to give it to uh, god i'm going to serve him i'm going to go for full time ministry mm-hmm. uh, that's a decision i made and uh, my parents were really helping me um and giving me a missionary biographies so i began to read lot of missionary biographies biographies and uh, i think that got a that got me serious about you know what ministry is mm-hmm. and how you can be committed to god right so you mentioned you put the you worded it to read scripture intentionally mm-hmm. so i know for some people they struggle with what they might call devotions or reading their bible so can you share what what do you mean by reading scripture intentionally so this uh, simple questions like you know um understanding context why it is written mm-hmm. and um the special specially i really like is to note it down okay i read the scripture for example um okay john chapter 1 or and then i also apply, um i write uh, application questions like <clears throat> how is the scripture um is related to me what does god really want me to do mm-hmm. so before that i just used to read like a like a novel or or just like a text textbook mm-hmm. but now intentional means i'm asking this question mm-hmm. uh, okay this is what written in the bible but uh, what do you really want i'm asking god what do you really want me to do mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's one thing that i share a lot with my listeners you know we we struggle with that reading the bible but the God, god's word is the foundation for life so we have to read it intentionally so basically what you're saying is how i encourage people to read and and to journal so you write down you know some of these key thoughts you're asking these questions you know what is god really saying here what do i learn about god about sin what kind of changes do i need to make because this scripture is here and then you know what are the changes that i'm i'm going to apply what are the things i'm going to intentionally do and to to simply write that out a key verse a key takeaway that this is something i'm going to apply and then to spend the time praying and asking god to give you the wisdom and the courage to actually live those things out but i think that is that reading scripture intentionally is the foundation for the life of a disciple yeah so in second timothy 3:16 it says uh, it is useful for correcting faults and teaching the right way to live and all scripture is breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking so um it corrected me many ways in my thinking and my way of life and then um i also believe you know holy spirit god will you know help you to have more faith in god while you read along you know so as you've read and continue to learn and grow do you have uh, either a passage or a book or a verse that you'd say you just really keep going back to that you um dwell on you know our fate i'm simply just say just a favorite passage or a favorite verse or oh, the one uh, one um um yeah the uh, the famous uh, uh verse is uh, john 3:16 for god so loved so 
that that is very uh, that is encouragement to me all the time when i feel rejected when my hopes are crashing when my dreams are crashing or i get a letter of uh, disappointment or uh, anything happens you know it reminds me you know of course we have parents and friends who love me but um um these words um, like god loves me like god who the same god who created the heaven and earth who created all these people also loves me specially mm-hmm. um that is uh, my favorite verse and then john 14:6 um i'm the way the truth and the life and this verse um, always is encouraging to me and then and i use this verse every day in my ministry in when i reach out to non christians because they'll be asking this question we have different ways mm-hmm. we are so lost mm-hmm. i think my way is correct way or my religion ways are correct so um, uh, then it it reminds me of my um uh, whatever i learned um in my faith mm-hmm. how is jesus the way how is jesus the truth how is jesus life because he has been my way uh, he showed me right way he has been my truth uh, he has been a true god to me and then he gave me life so he has given me life mm-hmm. so so that i can confidently tell non christian and share this message of good news that jesus is the only way the truth and the life mm. yeah good yeah that's something we always have to remember we never get away from the gospel that god loves us that the only way to him is through jesus that he is that way so that's something that that, that is our door to a relationship with god but it's also the foundation that we live on every single day of our life so that's a good a good reminder um so as you continue to grow and you're you're reading scripture intentionally you're being uh, discipled by your your dad your family what were a couple of the steps along the way toward finding your ministry what god wanted you to do how did god direct you to uh, to your ministry oh, it goes back to my testimony again and i've seen this murder of a non christian that gave me a sense of urgency because um i was not even saved to begin with so that i can share my faith with that non christian who has died mm-hmm. i don't know how it would be if i would have uh, been saved and shared gospel or if this happens that he died um maybe um, you know uh, it would be different but me postponing mm-hmm. i think uh, i've seen that like there's a so what i'm trying to say is um, that murder of the non christian has brought a sense of urgency mm-hmm. so i i uh, from then on after i got saved and i've been growing in faith i would always think that anybody that i meet mm-hmm. a stranger or a friend i would think maybe it is the last time that i'm meeting him or maybe it is the last time for me mm-hmm. uh, both of us we don't know when we are going to die so there's a sense of urgency mm-hmm. and then just like how god uh, woke me up and then reminded that he loves me um then i'm started uh, sharing gospel with this friends with sense of urgency um 
Um, as you have been involved in reaching out to, to different unbelievers from different backgrounds, how do you, like a lot of people that I talk to, struggle not so much with sharing the gospel. Now, if somebody comes up to them and says, share the gospel with me, they can do it. But what they struggle with is meeting somebody that they don't know and getting to the point of having that conversation from from zero to a an opportunity to share the gospel. They struggle with that. Really, it's just building friendships. That's how I'd say it. But how do you approach that when you meet somebody that you don't know? How do you um, approach them? How do you initiate conversations? How do you take steps toward having an opportunity to share the gospel? Uh, so I, I'm not a Bible thumper that, you know, um, people try to say that, okay, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. So my method is um, I friendship-oriented gospel, sharing gospel. So I meet a stranger and then um, I try to become his friend. Mm-hmm. And then slowly I'll ask the questions about his faith. Uh, most of the times uh, people are so sure about their faith and their God. So they will um, ask me questions like, uh, how are you so sure? Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm meeting these non-Christians who believe in many gods. So they will say that, how are you even really sure? You keep saying that, you know, Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. We have different truths. Mm-hmm. We have different ways. Um, and then they're all, uh, we are so happy in in believing and worshiping. Um, so I point out to scriptures and I pray for their salvation. And then, so my, um, the way I initiate is to ask questions about their lives. Uh, and... Sometimes um, I don't even have to ask. They will come. Um, I have a troubled uh, parents and then I feel unloved. Mm-hmm. I feel rejected, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are those sort of questions. So, And then it will help me to uh, somehow navigate them to point, point out to Christ mm-hmm. and then his work and then his words. And I pray for them a lot and then I meet them regularly. Mm-hmm. and ask for feedback. So I work with mostly students and they go through a um, lot of anxiety and then worry about the future. So that's the number one thing. And I'm worried about this exam. Pray for me. I'm worried about my future. I don't know whether I'll get a job or not. So pray for me. Sometimes ill health of the parents back home mm-hmm. or their grandparents So. They'll ask me, like, oh, I think we've tried everything. We went to all the doctors. We tried every medical uh, medical uh, thing. But it seems uh, that the sickness is not going. Can you pray to your Jesus? Can your Jesus heal mm-hmm. my dad or my mom or my grandfather? Mm-hmm. And then I pray for them. Uh, and then I say, absolutely, Jesus can heal your anybody, uh, your parents. So... Yeah, I think that's good. And one of the things I've talked to one of the other missionaries in Japan about quite often over the years, you know, as we're developing friendships with people, you have natural opportunities both to get to know them and as they get to know you, it's natural to share your faith. You know, it's not attacking them or in any way um, aggressive. Like some people are really strong. You're going to hell. It's There's a, at least in the beginning for most of us, we would want to have that conversation where I'm sharing, this is 
my life's been changed because of my relationship with Jesus. So I'm able to have that conversation. And then often it's surprising to me that people who will say, well, I'm, I'm not really spiritual or I've got my own thing. But when you offer to pray for them, uh, I think that touches their, their heart in a way that's it's kind of interesting that they would even want that because they're, say they're, you know, they're not Christian, they're not sure about your God, but the fact that you offer to pray for them shows that you care for them. I think that's a big part of that, building the relationship and having the opportunity uh, ongoing to share God's Word is relevant. Uh, the fact that the Creator God exists and He loves you is important. And to kind of initiate that thought process, so many people that I work with in Japan, they're either Buddhist, Shinto, or mostly agnostic. Mm-hmm. So they would say, I don't know if God exists. And mm-hmm. they say what you said, mm-hmm. how do you know? Yeah. So you can share your testimony. This is how God's work. I've seen God work. Yeah. This is yeah. how God changed me. I, I know. And the Bible tells me we can know. And here's what we can know. And they're open to having me pray for them or having that conversation because they have an, an uncertainty. So more of the... Like um, another way I initiate is um, just telling my story, you know, how uh, God is good to me, um, how God changed me, how God transformed me. And then they're so curious, like, you know, really, how did God change you? Mm-hmm. They'll ask more questions about it. And they're not happy with um, the answers or whatever I'm sharing. Some students uh, will say that, you know, okay, um, I think we should <coughs> figure it out. And then, okay, when do you when do you have time? Okay, let's let's explore scriptures together. Let let's discover truth together. Mm-hmm. So that's an excellent opportunity. They'll sit together, and then a um, lot of um, lot of uh, students that um, non Christian students that I encounter have misconceptions mm-hmm. about Christianity. Mm-hmm. They might have mis uh, like heard something. Or there's like because of rumors or, you know, or bad media. Mm-hmm. They have a different opinion about Christian Christianity. I don't know about the students you've met, but in Japan, and you mm. can tell me if this is true for you, a lot of people, they say, well, I know these Americans, and mm. that's why I know what Christians are like. And they just assume all Americans are Christian, and that's a terrible, terrible uh, <laughs> representation of Christianity. So no, 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 <laughs> that's not Christianity. So because they have that, understanding of Christianity that it's American, they're not interested. But when you can say, no, that's not Christian at all. Those people are not Christian. Most of them don't even claim to be Christian. But we have to look at the Bible and what Jesus says and understand mm-hmm. what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Because they've mingled your nationality and your religion, yeah, it makes okay. it very hard. So is that yeah. your experience too? Yes. Uh, so it looks... Uh one one guy you know ruins the whole thing you know so if there is somebody who's done something and he happens to have a christian name and they think that okay they can relate this whole christianity is like this but um um so when they are talking to me and then when we are looking up uh, scriptures together and then they'll understand uh, okay there is a difference between a person uh, who has just a Christian name and who's living in this country mm-hmm. or maybe nominal Christian. And there's a difference between a person who really knows the living God and then mm-hmm. really following and then, um, yeah, with his life, you know. 
uh, when they know the difference they will say like wow we never realized and we thought christianity is this but the real christianity is this mm-hmm. the real christianity is the where what bible says mm-hmm. and um, uh, yeah yeah I, i think that's important to help people understand that christianity is not what you see all these people doing but mm-hmm. you actually have to look to jesus and see what what he intended for us to do as we follow him so for a lot of people they are like those students that you talk to they are either not really sure about jesus or maybe they've heard about jesus and they're kind of wondering how do i learn more or how what does it mean to follow jesus how would you encourage someone if they're beginning that process of thinking about jesus what are next steps for them how can they um what advice would you give them what advice um how would uh, strongly ask uh, the students who are um, um who want to know about Jesus uh, attend church uh, more than uh, that uh, read scriptures uh, spend more time reading the god's word and obviously they will have a lot of doubts and you know they can ask the pastor or um, youth leader um, and then also more prayer is needed because um um because uh, satan tries to um, sow all the doubts and then um, as a skepticism uh we want the holy spirit god to strengthen them and then uh, give them more faith to believe in mm-hmm. so reading scriptures praying and then attending a good bible based church yeah, good uh, that is what i recommend you know? okay. and for somebody who is a believer and they're considering they're they're following jesus but they they want to continue to grow they want to be spiritually mature what are steps they can be taking or things they can do intentionally like you mentioned in the beginning uh, intentionally reading scripture what are other things that someone can do intentionally to grow as a christian to grow as a christian uh, intentionally read the scripture and then apply um, and also serve alongside in the church mm-hmm. uh, trying to disciple alongside with the pastor or youth leader you know um, i would also say that but through serving you know they can learn more you know um if god is really calling them for ministry you know they can uh they can go into ministry by going to bible college or you know joining a mission organization yeah it's true if someone is is really serious about growing to let leadership know whether it's a pastor yeah. or a youth leader um someone that's more mature in the church to know that you know i really do want to grow i want to be intentional in my spiritual life i want to continue to apply uh, truth um to invite that person to speak to your life and help you to grow is really important um and then to apply scripture yourself to get involved in serving and and applying scripture yourself uh any last thoughts what is what is one thing that God has taught you that you would say uh if someone heard this interview today and they only took away one thing this is the one thing that I think is worth taking away one thing oh yeah mom this scripture uh, romans uh, 116 which says i'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god that brings salvations to everyone who believes first to the jew and to um, then to G- the gentile um this is a powerful verse which speaks about i'm not ashamed we should not be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god it definitely is the power of god which empowers us to go and reach out to non-christians 
to bring salvation and God is the one who does that you know thank you awesome so thanks for joining me today if you have any questions you write me at norman at runwithhorses.net keep running